Welcome back to Shredder's Not Dead. If they make you bang your head, we'll talk with them or about them. And I'm joined today by Anders Odin of Cadaver and also from Satyricon fame. Um, and we're here to talk about the new Cadaver record. Thank How you, you doing yeah. today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excellent to hear it. So uh, Age of the Offended drops soon, the new record. And I have to say, it's got a really, really cool sound. Um, it's... It's death metal, but it's also a little bit, uh, it's its own thing a little bit. Um, it's got this like sharp sound to it, but it's kind of buzzy and maybe a little trippy as well. Um, uh, do you want to just take us a little bit through your musical vision for it? I'll start you off with an easy question. <laughs> no, yeah, I wanted to make uh, something brand new and also uh, very old at the same time. So I wanted to uh, incorporate... Uh, uh, so sort of psychedelic sci-fi post-apocalyptic feel to the whole thing and uh, I think we very much uh, uh, did what we were trying to do which was to make a uh, very intense very uh, sophisticated but also very uh, real recording mm. and uh uh, when you say trippy, it's a good uh, way to describe it because it is definitely very trippy. Uh, I'm not supposed to recommend tripping to anyone, but uh, <laughs> if you are going to do that, this is a pretty scary album to trip to, I would say. Uh, it is super intense. It could be very uh, illuminating, but it also could uh, be like a roller coaster ride from hell. Uh, I don't know which one you prefer. If you prefer your trips really scary, it's uh, definitely a lot of things in there that will keep you awake at night. <laughs> Always been a big fan of the duality of the term profound, you know, profound yeah. to the Latin, deep, meaningful, deep and dark. I think this sort of goes into that territory, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's literally, I mean, if you have you read the lyrics yet, no. Oh, I haven't had access to the lyrics, but I could um, I could make out a lot of them listening to it. So I, I know roughly where the album goes. Yeah. So the song called Death Revealed is uh, very much uh, inspired lyrically by DMT. And uh, the song called Dissolving Chaos is very much inspired by uh, psilocybin. So that's two direct uh, links to trippiness. Uh, lyrics wise and uh, other than that it's ob obviously the human condition you're probably gonna ask me a lot of questions about different things so i'll let you ask more questions <laughs> no no it's uh it's good it's a good spot to have a conversation here i find so if you got a thought just run with it mate and uh wherever we end up we end up but yeah you know, sure. a, no, yeah no the the whole you know the the way the album kicks off as well uh, was a very important factor for me because it's um, uh, basically the same trombone player that did the first cadaver intro uh, ever on hallucinating anxiety. And back then, when we named the album "Hallucinating Anxiety," we didn't really know what hallucinating anxiety was. Uh, <laughs> we only had the experience from. Uh, uh, basically uh, smoking weed or stuff like that and uh, getting drunk. Uh, but uh, I wanted to make something that sounded like the 1920s with the turmoil back then in the world, which seems eerily 
similar to what we're going through now with the pandemic and then wars and uh, all kinds of strange things happening in the world. So uh, the trombone being an instrument that is rarely used in metal, it has this eerie sound. Actually, brass in itself is an interesting thing, but we, the way the haunting melody sounds in this soundscape or very trippy guitars, this wall of sound makes it sound like I've sampled something from the 1920s, but it's, it's uh, written uh, in its entirety for this album. So it makes the whole thing uh, um, kick off in a way that makes you think that you're going into a different kind of uh, world and uh, that's uh, what we're trying to make here this strange world of cadaver that only sounds like cadaver so it introduces you to a uh, uh, 45 minutes so uh, very very different soundscapes than you're normally used to from metal bands mm. and a few you know a few examples of brass come to mind but yeah, the the main ones i think in metal have always been you know black metal casio keyboard horns and that's a completely different vibe entirely can be cool. I think Emperor did it well, but other than maybe, you know, the one behemoth record that used French horn and I think an Isan record or two has saxophone on it, you're right. Um, the the in the person brass just it's intimate, but it's dangerous at the same time. And I think that's what's really cool about metal as well. And I think that you introduce this album really well with that. Um, but in a, a jazz setting rather than like a a chamber music setting, if you will. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as we're all metal fans, this instrument is actually entirely made of metal, and uh, <laughs> guitars are not. They're made of wood, so are drums. <laughs> so there's nothing more metal than the trombone. Yeah, it's exactly. Literally, it's literally just metal making the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, songwriters out there take note. Um, I'll throw a hardball question at you now, and this is one that I've played around with a little bit, um, listening to, you know, I think... Um, Decapitated had a similar theme to their most recent album, and there's a there's a few people talking about you know what it means to be offended and where things like cancel culture and all that are heading. Um, the flip side to that is, I, I would like to think as a metal community, we're all pretty thick skinned. Um, maybe you disagree, uh, but how do you approach this? And I do think this record does it well. Um, but how do you approach this topic? running the risk maybe a little bit of preaching to the converted or is this just your personal frustration and you don't really give a damn what the listener thinks if they already agree with you or not i think it's not really my personal uh frustration other than i'm trying to actually make fun of the whole concept and uh mm. the way to, the way to make fun of things is to show them in your face and uh i think this time and age People are super nervous about uh, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person and uh, or even just the wrong thing to anyone. And I've never really understood how the concept of being liked by everybody works because uh, being into metal, it means that you take a ch uh, choice of being, you know, into something that is very niche and uh, you take an active stand against being liked by everybody by liking metal. And uh, when we grew up, it was uh, 
maybe just a few people at any school that liked this kind of music or even knew about this music. And uh, now it's uh, even more important to uh, be able to do whatever you like and focus on what you can do yourself rather than pointing fingers at other people doing the wrong thing or whatever you think about other ideas or polit- politics or hmm. religions or whatever, you know. Uh, there's a few really good humor, uh, well, how should I say, uh, like Ricky Gervais is probably one of my current f- favorites when it comes to this. And uh, the way he is uh, saying things on the edge isn't really that much on the edge. It's, it's on the edge in the time and age we are in now. But whatever he's saying would correlate very well with what Monty Python did in the 70s. And back then, uh, people got really offended too. You know, Norway actually was one of the few countries that banned Life of Brian for, <laughs> for blasphemy, which is hilarious because it is a film about the stupid stupidness of the concept of blasphemy. <laughs> but, uh, you know... All that stuff, like Ricky Chavez said uh, very well in one interview I just saw, uh, the extremists in the most peaceful religion in the world would be extremely peaceful. (laughs) Mm. Uh, And he's uh, pointing out a lot of these uh, things, which I find strange now. Like uh, The most strange thing, I think, is how people in general are worried about things like trans which i find so strange because if you look at bands from the early 80s like twisted sister or uh, motley crew or you know and imagine having a band looking like motley crew on shout at the devil right now i'm pretty sure they would be cancelled immediately somehow it uh, would offend a lot of people. They did it back then to offend a lot of people, but that was a good thing. Now that's a bad thing, which I find so strange and humorous. So I, I think you just need to get through this period we live in now and uh, grow up, basically. Stop being so childish about everything. Life is uh, too important to be taken seriously. The... Interesting thing I've always found about heavy metal in particular is it seems to run this uh, this line between bands wanting to become more and more extreme and more and more inaccessible in response to metal in general becoming more popular versus bands maybe trying to gain a larger audience. And I think that the worst thing you can do is actually think about that stuff at all. Oh, yeah. And the I best totally thing you can agree. do is just do what you want to do. And don't care if you're going to get called a sellout or you're going to be called an extremist either way in the context of heavy metal, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole concept of uh, um, credibility lies entirely in the eye of the beholder as well. Because if uh, anyone starting out right now, let's say there's a 13-year-old getting inspired by whatever we are doing and other people are doing and decides to pick up a guitar or whatever, and... uh, starts to make music the the first thing you start with when you make music on your own is to try to please yourself you know and that's uh to see if you can even play something that is exciting for yourself and when if you take that 
part away or for from it it takes away the whole uh, concept of actually making something interesting the only thing interesting i can make is things i think is interesting myself and i really really mean that and uh mm. if that correlates with some sort of uh audience somewhere i'm never concerned uh to find my audience i'm more concerned to you know be true to myself because if you're really true to yourself and that shines through you will find the the right audience for that somehow you know it's never really don't worry about being successful ever because that's probably not going to happen anyway and if it happens, it will be for a little while or whatever. The most important thing is to do things for yourself, yeah. Mm. Well said. Recently, we had another death metal band from Norway on, uh, Rune, and the topic came up, as it does it a lot in the Norwegian death metal space, I suppose, of this similar sort of idea where uh, I think you get these comparisons to the black metal scene a lot. And I think to some extent, the black metal scene in Norway is was so extreme and was so explosive in the couple of years that it was really a you know the true cult years if you will for want of a better term do you find that tribalism in terms of both the other musicians you work with or the fans is still a thing do you try and ignore it how do you approach that sort of stuff well i'm too uh deep in uh from the old days to even know really the true difference anymore you know because mm. all all the very you know the oldest norwegian bands which is still somehow the biggest bands uh, anyone like mayhem or uh, immortal or emperor or uh, dark throne what they all have in common is that they didn't give a damn uh and uh, did their own thing and uh to be boxed in one genre for most musicians is uh more like a prison than a, a freedom you know uh when people are saying that uh, dark throne used to be death metal then they were black metal and now they're punk and now they're heavy i'm like how how <laughs> do you think they think about themselves you know they don't give a fuck they just play what yeah. they like so your yeah. problem is that you try to box them within specific genres uh at the time and that also changes over time if you listen to uh really old stuff i mean really old stuff like 80s stuff when it comes to metal it's pretty obvious to me is that raining blood by slayer is a thrash metal album but it's also the door gateway to death metal and mm. Uh, I think the the distinction between those uh, genres lie more in the attitude and uh, the way things are actually composed as well. I think uh, one way to look at it is if you make your music from some sort of uh, tradition where it's basically uh, somehow folk music in a new way, it will be whatever it is. I think it's if you're true to uh, your musical heritage from where you come from, like us from Norway, we're all inspired by all kinds of weird things, which has nothing to do with metal, like uh, classical music, like Greg and Halvorsen and uh, 
uh, all this uh, folk music as well, the the way the melodies are going or the rhythmical parts and stuff like that. If you base your music from your musical heritage and your background, it will sound much more true to whatever that is if it's then regarded as death metal or black metal nowadays i'm not so sure about uh hmm. where those differences really are because also the whole thing with black metal being like satanic in the 80s and 70s there were a lot of occult bands and doom bands doing all these themes but more to you know uh provoke and be actually offensive and uh to stir up things in society and uh the whole Satanism thing was never really so uh, tempting to me because the the whole idea of Satan is basically a Christian idea, and uh, there's not it's like a very closed environment to make things from. But if you lift it up a little bit and are more concerned about the human condition in itself. There's many more topics to be found and uh, to demand being taken seriously all the time is also very boring to me. You know, it's uh, life is uh, much more interesting if it's uh, both being serious and goofy at the same time. And uh, some artists are able to do that really well and get away with it. Like uh, Abba from Immortal, he's a bona fide black metal artist, but the way he behaves and sound in interviews and whatever... It's much more uh, like uh, Ozzy Osbourne or uh, some goofy punk from the UK in the 70s. Uh, all this uh, this uh, humor part of the whole thing is also uh, very important to me. So I, I think uh, to be humorless and very super serious in a, like a juvenile stupid way it's just uh, not really cutting it for me. It's, it has to have more depth. Mm. I definitely find it attracts a type of fan who maybe take themselves a little bit too seriously as well. And I think that if you do that, uh, it becomes hard to... It becomes maybe threatening to see someone who is free to take things a bit more serious. You know, I think we all... Uh, definitely the people I grew up around all went through a phase in their sort of mid to late teens where you you take on this nihilistic view of the world and it's a very depressive nihilistic view. And I'd like to think in the last 10 years that I've done a lot of work to shift that into an absurdist, fun nihilistic view because it's very easy to, uh, it's very easy to have fun when you realise that life doesn't matter is a really positive statement. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're all uh, just here for a little while, so why not make the best of it? You know, you can, you, you'll die eventually and see how that goes. You know, it's uh, not really that interesting to be dead. That we know of. Yeah, that we know. And uh, it might be interesting. Uh, somebody said, like, uh, eternity is a very long time, especially towards the end. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I hope there is an end to this, but. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't need to go into 
the grave anytime soon. I just know that we all have limited time and uh, what I'm going to do for the rest of my life is to try to do as much interesting things as possible for myself. Bring it back a little bit more to Cadaver and the music side of things. Um, Obviously, you've had a long stint Satyricon um, and you've done a bunch of other musical appearances and and projects. Feel free to elaborate if you want. Um, Do you find it how do you find it different when it comes to Cadaver in terms of being, you know, the main driving force of the band, if you want to use that term, versus being along uh, for the ride? Well, it's a different thing, obviously. Uh, it's mm. more appealing uh, to me to just do my own thing now than ever. I've learned a lot from being with other bands, and I learned a lot of things about myself from being in other bands. Uh and I bring that into where I'm currently at, of course. Uh, one thing which uh, I'm really happy that I, ha- I have done is to play shows all around the world several times. So I, now I don't need to do that to fulfill any dream I have. Now I will focus on recording and uh, taking the band out live when it makes sense. Obviously, uh, with this time and age we're living in now, it's uh, much harder to actually just travel and do all that stuff. But uh, I've uh, renovated my studio so I can be in my studio, have also other artists coming to my studio to record. So I'm in a phase in life now where I'm more happy than ever to just uh, be able to do music as much as I can and uh, see what happens, basically. And uh, when it comes to... uh, Live shows we've done actually a few, quite a few live shows we could have the last few years locally here and some festivals in Europe and America. So uh, we will definitely be out on the road, but uh, I don't need to do that as the full time thing I did for a long time in uh, any sort of way. And uh, I find it very rewarding to actually stay focused on making music and. Uh, learning more and more about how to record music. I've been doing that all my life too, but you never stop to learn something, which is really interesting. So mm. uh, learning something new all the time is always good. One thing I did want to touch on, the album cover for Age of the Offended is fantastic. Uh, just wondering if you could talk us through it a little bit. Oh, hey, look, there, there we go. The LP. Looks even better pressed to vinyl. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... The album cover is basically a collage, and I wanted uh, to make it a real collage. And I found this uh, amazing artist in Norway. Actually, she's—it's uh, a woman. She's her name is Flesh Flies on Instagram. If you want to check all her stuff out, and she's basically taking photos, print them out, and put them back together again in collages, as album covers used to be done in the eighties, especially. Uh, uh, one that comes to mind is, of course, Carcass, uh, first album, and Napalm Death. And uh, I wanted it to be a real collage and not this uh, Photoshop or AI thing that is very popular right now. Mm. Also to make it stand out more and uh, to also possibly inspire people because it's uh, this time and age, it's more important to be personal and uh, unique uh, in your approach to anything than anything else because anyone can just type in 
something on their computer and get some results out that looks really cool spontaneously. But then you think, uh, hmm, maybe like one million people are doing the same thing. Maybe that's not so interesting then, you know. So I'm uh, really happy that we could do this uh, very old school and it uh, sure looks like nothing else I've seen for a long time. It's, uh, yeah, I'm very happy about the cover sleeve for sure. Yeah, it does immediately grab your attention, doesn't it? It's, uh, it's quite cool. There's a Ramones one, I think, as well that comes to mind that is also very, very nice um, that I can't remember the name of right now. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting that with the, the AI stuff, it seems that people go one or two ways in terms of how they're bringing it into metal at the moment. It seems that people are either taking it to the extreme and trying to use it to, you know, as you say, to ridicule something or to to maybe warn about something, the best way to do it is to just shove it in your face and say, look at this thing and caricature it almost. But it does also, I think, from my point of view, make me appreciate the the hands-on stuff a little bit more. I find um, the more we can do with technology, the more I like to uh, listen outside of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it, it also goes with recording. I... Uh... I had a rock band in my studio a few months back and they are uh, in their early 30s or late 20s and they have never really recorded as a live band in the, in, you know in the studio playing together and being recorded before because mm-hmm. now everybody just sits with their computer and records some riffs and they program drums and then they uh the drummer teaches how to play the drums from the program drums and then they go out and play and it always sounds less human and less interesting uh, uh and uh back in the day when we had to record everything on tape you had to rehearse so much that you knew how the songs would go through the whole song and record the whole song you know the first album we did was recorded onto a four track cassette tape you know where the drums bass and the first guitar was recorded to, uh, as one and uh, doing that now it i can see the challenge for young musicians because they then realize that maybe we didn't rehearse enough for this you know maybe the song aren't really ready arrangement wise or whatever happens you know then you suddenly realize that being a musician is also about being confident about me being a musician and confidence comes with uh, basically letting go of your thoughts and just play and uh, I think that's uh, also shines through on this album that it's really played by human beings and not uh, programmed in any, any way. It, everything you hear is uh, musicians playing all the sounds on there. There's no, uh, there's actually absolutely no synth on the album except from a little bit on the uh, intro. Mm. Uh, but that, that's a story in, in itself. But yeah. Uh, other than that, everything is guitars, and I wanted to push how guitars can also sound like nothing you ever heard. You know, sounds like, uh, uh, yeah, trippy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a word that comes to mind. And uh, yeah, to be able definitely. to do that without any uh, any synth, I'm not against synth at all. I'm I'm using that all the time in other things, but I really want Kadaro to be a organic 
sounding band and uh, uh, to push that uh, direction is uh, very interesting to me. Yeah, I think you've definitely nailed that feel on this latest record. It's, um, yeah, organic, human, feels very uh, alive and uh, it's a good thing, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. All right, Anders, thank you very much for your time. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, if you've got any last thoughts, hit them with it. Hit us with it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to say to the Australian uh, cadaver fans that uh, we really would like to come to Australia one day. But until then, enjoy the new album, The Age of the Defended, and we'll see how the future brings us. Yeah, is there any festivals like metal festivals still going on in Australia? So we had download here, and I don't know if that's going to continue. That sort of got stuffed a bit with COVID. Uh, and then uh, we had Knotfest here, the Slipknot Run um, festival that sort of filled the void last year. So maybe one of those would be a good option. Other than that, there's one called uh, Good Things, but that tends to take more of a pop punk alternative approach so you get a lot of bands like deftones although soulfly were there last year um but then you get a lot of like you know the offspring and uh and bands in that sort of vein i see yeah well we'll see what happens yep sounds good all right thanks for your time anders thank you very much bye-bye